Happy Place. Welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Thank you. Hi, hi, hiya. Welcome to an all-new episode of A Joel New World, a Walt Disney World podcast. I'm your host, Joel. Today is November 17th, 2023. Coming to you live from the Orlando area. And we are just T-minus one day from Jollywood Nights. I've been watching some videos, getting some feedback, kind of getting a game plan for that. Um... Like I said before, the feedback hasn't been incredible, but I think there is a strategy to be um, to be had, and you know it's a brand new event, so there really are no strategies out there that are successful. So I think it's going to be kind of fun just coming up with different ways to enjoy ourselves. And like I said in a previous episode, I think we are going to be hitting the attractions more so than anything, and kind of avoiding the crowd. So that's going to be our game plan: is to you know, move away from the crowd. So that's what we're going to be doing. And we're very excited for it. Even though the feedback hasn't been so great, I still think that we can have our own, um, our own fun and, and yeah, we're going to make the best of the situation and we're going to have fun. We're going to be at Disney World, we're going to be at Hollywood studios and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, I'm here for it. My family's here for it, and we're going to have a good time. So, with that said, we are going to, on today's episode, we're going to be discussing, and kind of it's sort of like a follow-up to the previous episode of A Jolt New World, that's going to be the Disney Cruise Line. It's going to be, you know, pro tips, and not that I'm a pro by any means, I've only sailed one time on the Disney Cruise Line. Twice in total, if you count my other one, we used Norwegian. We sailed on the Norwegian Gym on our honeymoon to the northeast. That cruise ship was great as well. So I've been on a total of two cruises, but I intend to, you know, share my expertise on my first voyage on the Disney Cruise Line. And a lot of you listeners out there probably haven't ventured out into the cruise line yet. I know it's more of like a local thing here in Florida. Once you move to the Orlando area, 
you start to get hooked on the cruise line aspect of it, and it kind of feels like a Disney World vacation, you know, used to feel. When you, you'd plan for months and months and months, sometimes years in advance, and, you know, you count down the days, and then you're gone for a week or so. That's kind of what it feels like here, and it's so much fun, and there's so much you can do. So what I want to do is just kind of share my experiences with the Disney Cruise Line, how we booked it, you know, kind of from start to end, how it went, what are some tips that you could use and some helpful features of the Disney Cruise Line that they offer that some other ones might not. Um, I'm going to get to that. And since I went on the Disney Wish, that cruise ship, one of the newest ones, actually the newest one that is available to sail on right now, the Disney Treasure will come out later next year. Um, I'm going to, you know, go over the deck plan and give you some pro tips and advice on, you know, places that we visited that we enjoyed, places we probably wouldn't go to again, and so forth. But um, we're going to break down all the basics of what makes up a cruise ship. They all have the same ingredients to creating a good cruise ship. They're all just a little bit different. Maybe one has Worlds of Marvel, one has Animator's Palette uh, as a dining option. So um, that's some of the main differences. Some of them have different Broadway-style shows and entertainment. And the main difference is just that the, um, the Grand Hall, when you enter for the first time, those are completely different on all the different ships. It has its own identity and uniqueness to it as well. So today we're going to get to that and uh, share some of my tips, my tricks, and some of my experiences being a first-time cruiser on the Disney Cruise Line. But first, I kind of want to get to Jollywood Nights, and I just want to quickly go over some things I'm looking forward to. And honestly, we could we could not care less about the Tip Top Club. It's kind of a cool concept. But my wife and I were talking, and we thought that it would be much cooler if, you know, it was actually inside or took place inside of the Tower of Terror, um, the Hollywood Hotel Tower of Terror. If it took place inside of it, I know that this Tip Top Club is supposed to be a fictional place on top of it. That would be awesome, but I know that's not doable. But they ought to give you some sort of experience where you walk through maybe the lobby and, you know, get to... Or even if it was an upcharge, you know, some people would probably pay for it. Um, you know, you get to have a drink inside of the lobby of the Tower of Terror. I think that would be kind of cool. Right now, it's just kind of a portable temporary bar with pre-mixed stuff is what I've heard. And the lines were outrageous. So I don't know why people would wait so long for, you know, like a jazz cover band and uh, or like the 1920s style music, flapper style with pre-made drinks. I don't know why you'd wait so long for that. When you spent, you know, upwards of $199 for the ticketed event. Some of them are as low as, I think, $159. But I don't know why you'd wait for hours just for a pre-made drink. So, um, that's one thing I'm not really interested in. The Brown Derby seems cool. It kind of has, like, small plates, tapas style. It has a special menu. But from what I've read... You have to get on your app as soon as you get there or scan the QR code to get into the wait list. And you could be waiting there for who knows how long, up to an hour possibly. And then a dining experience is going to last at least 45 minutes itself. So 
I don't think we're going to be doing that. We're not going to we're going to skip out on that. And I think we're going to go to some of the unique snacks that are offered throughout the parks if the lines are not too long. And uh, and like I said, hit the attractions. We do want to see that um, the Muppets musical, the kind of Broadway. I know Mickey and Minnie are there too. Like a really good Broadway style show with singing and dancing and Kermit and Miss Piggy are hosting the show. That seems incredible and I've heard rave reviews about that. One thing, if we have time and it just kind of works out, we might get to This Is It, the Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas sing-along, even though I heard people weren't really singing along to it. Um, the puppet looks fantastic, so Jack Skellington looks amazing, and the puppeteers do such a great job with that. That's like the main reason I would want to go. Oogie Boogie's there as well, but the weird thing is they just have people kind of um, interacting and kind of performing silently to the the words of the music that are being played so seems a little weird there i don't know if my kids will make it through that one especially late at night so if we have time if it works out we might do it if not cool but um we would also like to meet phineas and ferb i don't know if that's possible or if the line's going to be outrageous too if the line's fine and you know, a lot of it is just kind of being at the right place at the right time. You know, maybe the characters are taking a break and then they're coming back and you hit it right at that time. You know, it just depends and uh, you kind of have to be at the right place at the right time. So we want to do some character meet and greets, but most importantly, we want to do Toy Story Mania. Maybe do some Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. See Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam at the end, that little fireworks show with some projections on the theater. And, uh... And yeah, we're just going to have a good time. But some things I'm really, really excited for, some menu items that I want to try are, one of them is at the Baseline Tap House. I love that place. If, who out there loves Baseline Tap House? I know it's a popular spot for most people, myself included. That pretzel is probably the best one on property, in my opinion. It's huge. Tastes amazing. The dipping sauces are great. And uh, I love it. The beer is always good. The beer is always flowing. And... Keeping up with that theme, they have a beer margarita over there. Um, never actually had a beer margarita unless you can kind of count. Maybe I have actually. If you can count like at the Mexican restaurants where they have those frozen margaritas with those little tiny margar or not margarita, but like Corona bottles of beer. I've had those before. You kind of turn it upside down and then it slowly empties into the margarita. If that's what that tastes like, then I'm here for that. And I'm kind of hoping it is, but I'm going to try that. I think I can get into that. Over at the dock side, they have pimento kimchi dip. It sounds exciting. I love pimento cheese. And I would give that a shot. I want to try that out. Over at Dockside again, they have a Christmas tree stack cookie. It's like several cookies progressively getting smaller as you go up, making a tree shape. And over at Epic Eats, they have a Korean chicken funnel cake. A lot of these are kind of like Asian and... Uh, hispanic inspired dishes which is cool i want to try some of these but uh, over there the korean chicken funnel cake looks good fairfax fair they have a mistletoe martini that i would like to try i want to try the gertie's cookie i've heard it's just a cookie in the shape of gertie the dinosaur but uh, i will try that at the market they have an in holiday fashion it's like an old fashioned. i would love to try that uh pizza rizzo they have a tiramisu puff and a sugar cookie martini, I think, is offered throughout. So some of those things, not going to get them all, but 
that's on my list of things to do. And if you're like me, and I don't know, this might be a pro tip, but, uh, and I'm sure a lot of you do it, just go into your notes and, or reminders, I guess, if you have an iPhone, just creating a list of things. I have Jollywood Nights as a list, and I just put all those items as like a checklist of things I want to do. So um, you don't have to bust out the pen and paper. You can just do it right there. That's what I've been doing, but I'm here for it. I'm excited for it. We have a room at the Dolphin on the boardwalk. And if you're not aware, Hollywood Studios and Epcot are in walking distance to the Swan and Dolphin, as well as the Swan Reserve. The Swan Reserve is across the street, so you might have to cross. It might be a little bit further of a walk. But staying at the Dolphin, and we have the Marriott Bonvoy um, reward system. And we rack up points pretty quickly. We redeem them pretty frequently. And when we just need like a, a night at the boardwalk, for possibly like a festival that's opening or we want to try some new things over there we just get a room at the dolphin and it's usually pretty cheap considering the location so um, the rooms aren't the nicest but i mean it's just a generic hotel room um it's not anything like the yacht club or beach club but um it's a room basically at the boardwalk and you can't beat that so we're staying at the dolphin gonna walk over walk back and we're gonna have a good time but let's get to today's episode, the Disney Cruise Line. My first-hand experiences being a first-time sailor. Um, we're going to be a Silver Rewards member on our next cruise, which we've already booked. And it is, and I can tell you on my app, exactly how far out it is. And that leads me into my number one tip. That's download the Disney Cruise Navigator app. It is very useful you can look at it at home. It tells you your balance that you have remaining to pay, which, woo. But anyways, we have some time to pay it off. And it does give you a little countdown at the very top. So we are 452 days, 9 hours, 13 minutes, and 23 seconds. 22 seconds. 21 seconds. 20 seconds away from our next Disney cruise. Unless we book another one sooner. But that's kind of cool. It just kind of ticks down and you can always look at it. And that's your motivation. But it tells you your room number, you know, your details. We have, we're going to be booked on a, a four-night Bahamian cruise from Port Canaveral. And if you look at it a little bit more, you can look at the itinerary. You can explore the ship. We're going to be on the Disney Fantasy, so it's telling you that Remy, Remy Chef honored as one of world's ten best. So it kind of gives you a little bit of background about some of the... The places that you're going to be dining at, um, the featured venues like Royal Court Royalty, that's an event that you can do for princesses, uh, Animator's Palette, Palo, Royal Court, Remy, and Enchanted Garden. Those are all the places that you can dine at. Um, Enchanted Garden, Royal Court, and Animator's Palette are the three that are in rotation. Others are upcharged and uh, extra experiences, but... The plans and itinerary are there as well. Ship departure from at 3.45 p.m. Nassau, Bahamas, 9.30 guest ashore, 6 p.m. guest aboard. Day 3, Disney Lookout K at Lighthouse Point. That's why we booked that. We love Castaway K. And if you haven't heard, Disney has a second island called Lookout K at Lighthouse Point. 
And it says guests ashore at 8.30 a.m., guests aboard at 4.45 p.m. And then the fourth day we're at sea, and we arrive back very early for debarkation on day five. So, um, yeah, it's a very useful tool. It tells you your stateroom number, your balance. You can make payments through there. And I think what we're going to do is as, um, you know, as we go, and we're going to get some deals, you know, 5% off. I know at Target, if you have the red card, you can get 5% off Disney gift cards. Some places you can even get like 10% if there's like a special deal going on. We're going to do that. And I think we're going to pay down our balance that way. That way we're saving a little bit of money in the process. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. You can review your cruise options as well. And it tells you your dining times and things like that which we're going to get to in just a second. So if you are not familiar with it, um, they have main, they have two dining times, main seating time at 5.45 p.m. and second seating time at 8.15 p.m. And if you're like me, then you have small kids and your family. I'm sometimes asleep by 8.15. So, and I know my kids are getting crankier and crankier as the day goes on. So right now I'm going to go through that app and that's one of the first things I recommend you doing and uh, changing that to the main seating time. So I was just ju like generally assigned the second seating time at 8.15. I just changed it to main seating at 5.45 p.m. And then if they have the availability, they will accommodate my request. It says it is now confirmed. So that's good. That's one of the first things you want to check and make sure you're doing that. You can purchase the vacation protection plan. You know, if something happens, you do get some reimbursement. So you're kind of going through these steps as you're going ground, ground transportation. If you're from out of town um, and you're flying an MCO and want to ride a Disney bus over, you can do that. But we're going to be driving so you can decline it. Um, the next one, prepaid gratuities. So this is one thing that's not really mentioned too much. And it's kind of confusing, honestly. Prepaid gratuities or just gratuities in general. These are usually given out to your main points of contact throughout the cruise so at the end you're going to be giving your you have two servers one is more like beverage or assistant one's a lead server um you have your room host who like makes your bed takes the towels away gives you new towels makes your little animals on your bed gives you chocolates and things like that and there's one other one there's one that's basically like a mater d um of the restaurant they come around and they get a lot less because they oversee the whole restaurant at that time so it's more like when we did our prepaid gratuities it was like $15 for a three-day cruise or three-night cruise but you know um, gratuities are basically calculated for you which I find nice and less confusing they give you these perforated sheets of paper with the people's name that they go to with the amount of the tip. So it's kind of notifying them, hey, this is how much we appreciated you. And these are the tips that you received for giving us the service. So um, they give you like these little envelopes too that you put them in. It's kind of cool. And you can put their name on it. But um, what we did, we put a little bit of extra money in there if we thought they went above and beyond. And basically everybody did. Uh, I don't think we gave the Mater D or like the, you know, supervisor of the restaurant. I don't think we gave them any extra just because we didn't interact with him really. So 
Um, we just kind of gave them what was prepaid. But I do like the prepaid aspect of it, especially if you don't want to carry large amounts of cash on you. You prepay it the night on the last night or the night before your last night. They put it in your room, uh, how much you're getting paid, things like that. And then you have that last night before your final meal. So it's like two days before you're getting off the cruise. You have that time to determine if you want to put more money in the envelope um, and get them prepared to hand out at the last night's dinner, which is what we did. So on the last night of dinner, on our three night, the third dinner, we, you know, at the end of the meal, they said, this is what's going to happen. Tomorrow you do have breakfast, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we hope to see you for breakfast. If not, thank you so much. And then that's when we gave them the gratuities. So you do have the option to prepay. I recommend it. I think it's much easier and takes out some of the confusion and you don't have to carry as much cash on you. But, um, that's what I recommend. Some people like to do cash and I understand that for sure. You can also add special requests as well. Like we added bed railings for the kids because the boat's kind of rocking around and the kids, if your kids are like mine, they move all over the place when they're sleeping. So we added bed rails to the request. We also requested private dining. So if you're not aware, if you have, this is for like smaller families, especially if you have like a family of three or just two people are going, you're more than likely going to be seated with another family. And if you select private dining, at least there is some table separation there. So here I'm going to go to table request. You can request near a window at a quieter location in the dining room. So like if you don't have kids probably, or if you hate kids. Uh, near a screen for entertainment. Okay, that makes sense. At a private table near the center of the dining room. So near the center of the dining room is especially useful, especially like on Arendelle, if you want to be in the middle of the action. I always select at a private table just because, you know, I'm there with my family. I just kind of want to sit and converse with my family I don't want to it's just kind of awkward honestly if you're at a table for eight and half and half or two different families you know some people might really be extroverts and really into that but if you're an introvert like myself then this is the way to go honestly and really they're kind of at the mercy of the space that they're given so at 1923 I basically could have just put my hand down to the left of me and I could have touched my neighbor's table, but at least there was that little walking path in between our two tables on both sides. So, you know, some restaurants are more crowded than others. One of the best I must say is worlds of Marvel or Walt. Yeah. Worlds of Marvel on the wish. We got a seat next to the screens on the side and nobody was next to us. So, um, that's one of the most spacious. I feel like Arendelle had a little bit more space than 1923, but then 1923 was just kind of crammed together. But like a kid at the next table threw a napkin at me, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's fine. We're, we're sitting like in a kid's section, so it's fine. But just so as a heads up, request that private dining if you're an introvert like myself and don't want to sit with other people. Um, and you know, you're on a cruise with your family for a reason. So, um, and that's usually just for smaller parties, like I think if you have more than four, you're probably good. But if you are a party of three, like if it's 
you, your significant other, and your kid, or just three people, or two people, you're probably going to get paired up with someone. With that said, um, they they do a good job of accommodating if you're a family, if you are, you know, they look at your age, basically. And what they do is they sit you next to similar style families, right? Similar demographics. And I mean, if you have a five-year-old, they probably sit you around other five, six, seven-year-olds. You know, people are going to be noisier. Kids are noisy. They get bored. They get cranky. They have meltdowns uh, as well as parents. But um, they, they do a really good job of accommodating that. And we sat next to only families. So, um, so yeah, that way, and I do appreciate that because if you're a family, sometimes going out to a meal, like a, a long, lengthy meal like that, it's kind of stressful trying to keep the kids in line and, you know, trying to enjoy your meal. But that kind of takes a little bit of the stress off and you're sitting with like style families, basically. So that's great. Um, so that kind of goes through the app. The Disney Navigator or Disney Cruise Navigator app is extremely useful, especially if you don't get the internet package on board which we did not. You can also shop for onboard gifts ahead of time. Um, last time we got a welcome package. It was already hanging up in our room and it was Halloween themed. We got like a really nice blanket, a pillow, um, like a banner that was hanging down. And we got a little a souvenir bag as well. So you can do that as well ahead of time. We did that. And what I was getting at was once you're on board, you can actually message other people in your party through the same app. So if you're both connected to the Wi-Fi that they provide to you um, for the use of the app and, uh, you know, you're looking at your itinerary through there and experiences that you can do through the app too. But um, if you don't have like a special plan on your mobile phone or, you know, your cell phone, you can text each other through that app. And that makes sense because on other cruise ships, I know on the Norwegian when they didn't have this technology, families would use walkie talkies basically. And that was a good idea because you still want to be in touch with your family and, and yeah, other things I would see as well would be like boards, like magnetic boards that you can write on like dry erase boards and you write it on the door. So if you missed your party, you can just say, Hey, I went to um, the star Wars bar and then they know where to find you. So this kind of takes that out of the equation and it's kind of like your own walkie talkie basically. Um, or just like you're texting. It's a little bit slower, but you can see when the other person's typing and, you know, you can stay in touch that way. We definitely utilize that, which was nice. And it does pop up on your Apple Watch if you do have one of those. So that's cool. That about does it for the app. Like I said, you're going to use it the whole time. You can see your itinerary, what meal you have for that evening and the next evening and then one after that. And yeah, and all the experiences that you can find throughout the ship like if you wanted to meet the sanderson sister meet and greet it tells you where it's going to be and what time it's going to take place and things like that it's very very useful they do a great job with it you can explore the deck plan like a map of the ship you name it you can do it on there um, for the most part and they do a really good job so that's my number one big tip get that cruise navigator app you're going to use it before during and after your sailing 
All right, once you get to, and I'm kind of going to go around in order. I wrote some notes on my paper, just kind of how they kind of spewed out of my head, right? Not very orderly, but um, I'm going to say show up as early as you can, not meaning get there as early as you can, but when you do check in, and I do recommend checking in, I think you have like 30, exactly 30 days to check in, upload your passport photos, take a photo of yourself at like midnight Eastern time. So I highly recommend you doing that because then you kind of get to book other experiences and, um, and you do get an earlier port arrival time. So like I said, in an earlier podcast episode, our arrival time was 1245 PM. So, and they give you like 15 minute leeway on, uh, on the uh, front end. So, you can get there as late as you want. That's up to you. You know, if you're running late, that's fine. But my advice is show up as early as you can. So if you have a 12:45 arrival time, get there at 12:15. You know, get there with plenty of time to go up to the roof of the parking garage, take pictures with the ship, and uh, you know, don't feel rushed and get the most bang for your buck. Maximize every minute of your vacation. So if you're allowed to get on the ship at 1245, get on the ship at 1245 because that's when they start serving food. You can buy beverages. You can check out your room. You can go to the restaurant and get your first service for lunch. Um, You can do all these different things. They have different sail away parties. You can go explore the ship and kind of get your feet underneath you and kind of get your bearings of the new ship. Yeah, that's just a really good tip. Get there, maximize every dollar, every minute, and go upstairs, go to the buffet. If you don't want to be in a busy buffet, there's usually a restaurant accepting people to come and eat. So that's my first tip. Next, um, when you are going through your dining rotation, not the ones that are premium upcharge like Remy or Palo, which I think Palo is on every ship. I could be mistaken, but... That's my understanding of it. And remember, I've only sailed one time and I'm no expert by any means, but I hope my one experience helps you. I know once you become a pro, you kind of forget what it was like when you first started sailing with it and the process and everything. But me, I have fresh eyes on this. I've done it for the first time and I'm kind of sharing my, you know, enjoyments of it and my displeasures of it. But when you're dining at one of those three rotational restaurants, like, on the Wish, it's Worlds of Marvel, Arendelle, in 1923. Order multiple items. You're not going to regret it. Order multiple appetizers, multiple entrees if you wish, and definitely multiple, multiple desserts. There might be some judgment, but the servers are like, yeah, is that all you want? Yeah. You know, they do a really good job of that. And I noticed other tables kind of looking at me like, man, fatty. But, uh, or... They were probably honestly not like, hey, fatty, but uh, they were probably more like, you know, oh, I didn't know I could have done that. That's awesome. I didn't know I could do that. Dang it. So I think that's more the case. Um, But order multiple food items. You paid a lot of money for this cruise. Get Get the most money out of it. And if you're torn between two or three items, order all two or three. Um, There's no punishment in that. And honestly, to be honest... The portion sizes aren't ginormous. So 
they're made small for that reason because they know people are going to order multiple. If you enjoy one thing, they're going to order it again. Or if you want to try a couple of dishes, they make it, you know, smaller for a reason. So it's definitely manageable and definitely, definitely get your money's worth out of that. Um, don't do it. Don't go in thinking like when you go to Palo or Remy's that you can order multiple things and it's included. It's going to be basically a la carte. So, um, so yeah, just those three that are provided to you, those rotational ones as well. They also have a really good one on the wish. They have like a little outdoor on the main deck upstairs. Oh no, deck 11. They have like a Chipotle style cafeteria style food where you can go get a burrito, a bowl. Um, and honestly, I liked it better than Chipotle. Um, so I got a little burrito. It wasn't huge like a Chipotle burrito is, but it was like probably half the size of that, which is still pretty big. And again, you can order multiple if you wanted to. So you can go get tacos, you can go get nachos or a bowl or, you know, as many burritos as you want. They have soft serve out there as well. They have pizza. They have a smokehouse. So like ribs and chicken, mac and cheese, things like that. Um, Chicken fingers, hot dogs, hamburgers. Utilize that. Go through multiple times. Um, The buffet, Marceline Market or Cabanas on some ships. It's open from breakfast and then I think it closes down a little bit before lunch to get prepared and then it's open so if you'd rather go to the buffet instead of your dinner by all means do it so there's flexibility within the dining and there's definitely multiple ways to get the most money out of what you spent just by dining so um, beverages are extra charge of course you know like soft drinks water things like that are included but if you're going to order alcoholic beverages, those are going to be extra. Next, utilize these kids' clubs. If you have younger kids, and if you're like me, you don't get a lot of time to your significant other, utilize these kids' clubs. They're going to love them. Um, my daughter was asking for us to drop her off there towards the end. And I think we dropped her off three times total, so like once per day. And it was only up to like two hours at a time. So... Um, it's not egregious. I know some people probably do abuse it, but the kids are having a great time and, uh, definitely utilize it. It's like a free babysitter for your cruise. The kids love it. They're doing something they want to do. And they even have a, it's a small world nursery. So if you have really, really young ones who are still nursing, you can bring bottles, diapers, food, whatever they need. You can bring it and definitely utilize it. That one, if they're under three, it does, they do charge you like $9 an hour or something like that. Um, so it's definitely not bad at all. Very reasonable in terms of child care. Um, if you've gotten your day, your daycare or child care bills recently, $9 an hour is really good. So utilize it. Um, you could even, if you wanted to have a private dinner with your other, your significant other, you could leave them for dinner. Um, I believe you do not have to schedule in advance for um, kids above three who are potty trained, but for the younger ones, you do have to schedule because they're a little bit more um, dependent on, you know, adult care. So you can schedule in advance. You can do it through your app as well ahead of time if you know exactly when you want them to go. And they do utilize the magic bands. So they give you loaner magic bands if you don't 
have any, you just have to return them or you get charged. But um, you're more than welcome to bring your magic bands. And they had older magic bands, so those work as well. If you have some older ones and want to pair it up with your um, your child, you can do so. And it's really a good way to check them in. It's very secure, too, if you are worried about them running away. It's very secure. It's locked down. Um, and they're not getting anywhere. They're going to be on this cruise ship. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah, have a boat day. So that's my next tip. Have a boat day. And I recommend the, that Nassau. If you're going to Nassau, utilize a boat day. You know, ride the Aqua Mouse or Aqua Duck, whatever ship you're on. Utilize the pools, the slides. Um, go to the splash pads if you have really little kids. Uh, go there. Check out the bars. Do a pub crawl like me and my wife did when we dropped them off at the kids club. Go to those bars. Go to the buffets. Go to the, you know, trivia, karaoke, nightclubs if you're into that. Um, they have really fantastic Broadway-style shows. Aladdin was performing or playing on our ship, the Broadway-style show. And it was jam-packed. Um, they have movies you know, newer movies, like we saw The Dial of Destiny. We saw probably half of that movie. Um, they were playing The Haunted Mansion, the new one on there too. So, you know, have a boat day, explore the ship, get to know your ship. Uh, but get out there and do something, because it's fun. Get to Castaway K early, or, as I was mentioning earlier, Lighthouse Point. Get there early. If this is like the, the key of your trip... This is like the make or break of your trip. Get there as soon as you can. And I know if you're doing a 5K, you can get off the ship a little bit earlier. So that might be, um, you know, reason enough to join a 5K. But along with that sweet metal you get. But get there early because, you know, if you have a spot in mind you want to go to, you're going to get first dibs on that. And if you want to rent a cabana, you can do that ahead of time as well. They are pricey, which is not a shocker. But, um, but yeah. Get there early. Utilize the full day. They have a buffet included on the, the island along with soft serve stations, drink stations that are all included. If you want alcohol, it's going to be extra for sure. But get there early. Maximize it. Do the slide out there on Pelican Plunge. Go to the adults-only area in Serenity Bay if you know you don't have kids with you. Do those things. Um, that's really what you're paying for on these cruises is Castaway K, so get there early, enjoy it, um, but if you if you couldn't care less about it, stay on the ship, because it's there's not going to be anybody on that ship on that day, so, you know, or even if you have a cruise where you hit it twice, maybe pick a day to stay on the ship, and another one to stay, or to go to Castaway K, so um, those days on the boat are probably dead, so that's probably the time where you can get the boat to yourself. All right, brand loyalty pays. And this is what I've seen on the two cruise lines that I've been on. And I think just about every cruise line does this. And if they don't, they're probably missing out. But they incentivize you booking another cruise ahead of time. So if you're on the ship, you can put down, I think it was like 250 to $300 towards another, I think it's 250 towards another cruise up to two rooms. I think it has to be in the same name. So I personally had to have, like if I had more than four people or if I had like six people with me, I had to purchase both rooms. But in doing so, you get 10% off your next cruise that you have to book. 
So you're saving quite a bit of money, especially on those seven dayers or eight day cruises where they're up to like six or seven thousand dollars. You're really saving quite a bit. Ten percent on six thousand six hundred dollars. And you can really, really start to that's a really good way to get more linked out of your stays and to save a little bit of money in the long run because those longer cruises are more money. So absolutely put a placeholder down. Every time you do, you get 10% off towards a future cruise and you have up to, I think, two years to book that cruise. So if you don't know, or you're undecided, or if you know one's coming in a year that you want to go on, you have two years to book it. So or maybe you have to travel within two years. It's one or the other, but um, two years is a long time. So, especially if you're like myself and you can't wait to get back on another one. So, brand loyalty does pay. I know Nor- Norwegian did the same thing. So, you're really paying for your first cruise. And then every other time after that, you're getting 10% off. As long as you put a placeholder down. So, that's a pretty cool system. Also... On your first Disney cruise, you don't have any status. They do have reward status tier levels. And it goes nothing to silver. And then I think it's gold up to platinum. And then I think they even have pearl now. So the more cruises you do, the more perks you get. And the earlier you can book stuff as well. So I think platinum is like if you've gone on 10 cruises, then... Um, I think you also get like $45 per person to spend on board at Palo or Remy or somewhere like that. I think it's Palo. Um, but you could also probably spend it at Remy too. I'm not really sure though. Um, but if you do get that Palo brunch, it's basically the price of admission there. So that's cool. Um, gold must be five. I'm not looking at it, so I apologize, but it must be five cruises. Silver is after your first one. So You start to get free things on board the more you get, um, like lanyards. Um, I know people get like beach towels, things like that, bags, backpacks. Um, And the higher up you get, the more you get. I think you get every single tier up to yours and then some. And if you're Pearl, you get everything basically, plus some other stuff. Um, So it does pay to be loyal to a cruise line. So... You know, if you're going to be going on cruises, they incentivize you by sticking with them, which makes sense. It's a great system. Also, along with that, if you want to book cabanas, you're going to have to be like platinum and above to really get a fair shot at that. And it's not even guaranteed then, but it's first come, first serve. And if you're not sure, platinum or pearl gets first pick of everything or maybe even concierge level. So if you're concierge, I think you get first or second pick behind Pearl. But I'm not sure because I'm not there. But um, if you're Pearl, basically you get the pick of the litter at, you know, I want to book a cabana for $500 or $1,000, whatever it is. You get to do that. You get to pick it early as long as you've paid off your cruise. You can start booking things like that. Or if you want to get Palo Brunch, which is a hot ticket item, um, and they go quickly, they do sell out. Or if you want to get Remy, you're going to be one of the first ones. It opens up sooner for Pearl and Platinum and then Gold and then Silver. And then if you were like me, you're last, right? So um, as long as you paid off your ship um, or your cruise in advance of that day when you can start booking, you can start booking that day. And that's how a lot of people get um, these experiences booked. 
especially cabanas, which go very quickly on Castaway K. Express walk-off exiting. So, my boss, he's a huge cruiser on Disney Cruise Line, and he gave me this pro tip. If you don't want to leave your bags the night before you're leaving, which we did not. We didn't have that much stuff. You know, we drove, and it was a three-nighter. So, you can wake up pretty early and get in line at like 7.15 a.m. On the day of debarkation, the last day that morning, you can get in a line, and you're going to be the first one to get off the ship. But if you check your bags, you're going to have to wait. And then once you get to port, you're going to have to go to baggage claim and find your bags. So by keeping your bags with you, you get to go through customs first. And then you get out of that parking garage first as well. And that did work out very well. I think we got off and through customs by 7.40 a.m., 7.45 a.m. It was a little bit late in getting started. Um, and it's all up to customs. So... Um, you know, we got back home, back in Orlando by 9.45 a.m., and we stopped and got coffee and breakfast, and, you know, we got home by 10 a.m. You can't beat that. That's very efficient. So, consider the express walk-off if you have a choice to. Um, it's really not too bad. It's not like you're carrying up flights of stairs and things like that. They have elevators, they have escalators, and um, if you don't have too much luggage, that's a really great option. Bring your Magic Band Plus. Bring it. It's going to be more convenient than the Key to the World cards. Not saying that you don't need them because when you get off or on the ship, you do need your Key to the World cards for now. I don't know if that will change in the future. But just having your Magic Band on you, you can swim in them. You can take them to Castaway K. And you can pay that. So they do just you just have to take it off your wrist and give it to them like you're paying for it with a card or something like that. But... Um, you always have it on you. You're not going to lose it. And you just pay with that. It's very easy, simple. Can't recommend it enough. It opens your room door as well, too. So maybe you forgot your key to the world card in your room. You can open it up with that Magic Band Plus. If you're like an annual pass holder like myself, you can utilize those Magic Band Plus for, from the parks. It's the same thing. When you check in at the port, they ask you if you have one, and then they sync it up with your with whoever's getting on with your person. And like I said earlier, I wrote down prepay gratuities. Um, it just simplifies it, especially if you're a first time cruiser prepay. That way you don't forget the cash or it prevents any awkward situations basically. Uh, and especially if you're like myself and had no clue what you're supposed to tip somebody, they kind of do the calculations for you of a fair tip. So, um, but you can also, you know, give them another 20 to 40 spot if they did an amazing job or just love them. You can do that as well, too. So it doesn't hurt to prepay, and then you can always add on as well with cash. Select private dining like I went through on the app earlier. That's going to get you a private table or at least, you know, better your odds of getting a private table. They don't always honor it because it just doesn't work out sometimes. But um, you can always check it out the first night. Go to guest services afterwards and, you know, ask if there's any way you can move to private dining. Guest service is really good. It's 24-7 and they help you with everything. So, um, and like I said, they do seat families with younger children together and get that early dining assignment if you're an early bird like myself. If 545 is or 515 is pushing it, you know, 545 for me, I'm already done eating usually unless I'm working late that day. So, um, if you want to skip 
the really late dinners, get that early dining time like I did myself. And for the final part of today, we're going to go through the deck plan of the Disney Wish. Because that's the one I went on. And they're all kind of set up similarly. They all have their own unique features. They're more spacious and things like that. But um, if you're not familiar, they're laid out in decks. The Wish is deck 1 to deck 15. Deck 1 is pretty basic. It's going to be like your staff um, and the crew areas. You do get off the ship on deck 1. So utilize the stairs and just kind of wait. You'll see a bunch of people waiting. All right, deck two on the wish is the Oceaneers Club and the Small World Nursery, those kids clubs that we were talking about. Within that, they have the main hub, the Star Wars cargo bay, which is really cool. We got to walk through it on open house. <coughs> so when you get on that ship, another reason to get on the ship early is they have open house for these things you can walk through with your little ones and check it out. It really is kind of cool and kind of see what they get to see. All right. They have like little craft areas too and things like that. It's really cool. They do a really good job on that ship. They do have some rooms down there on deck two as well. Going on to deck three, which is your main um, grand hall when you enter and they say your name for the first time. That's where you get on at. There's a lot of stuff around here. Really three, four, and five are like the main areas of the ship interior wise. Um, deck 11 and above are the exterior ones but deck three has your grand hall on your stage and it's beautiful on this ship on the wish it is beautiful they have the oceaneer club check-in so once you set up your kid for the first time to get on the oceaneers club there is a a slide going from deck three down to deck two and that's how they check in so it drops you off right in the oceaneers club right there and that's a really great way for your kid to check in and that's one of my favorite things that my daughter liked to do and adults if you want to ride it you can do that at open house too so all right the main restaurant they have here right outside the grand hall is 1923 they have two sides walt disney and roy disney on the other side and i'm pretty sure they're identical they might have different decor but that was probably the show or the star of the restaurants that we went on on the wish they have Enchanted Castle Jewels. They have Royal Regalia, Once Upon a Time, Three Wishes. Those are kind of like, and then Treasures Untold. They have different retail stores as well. And then kind of like the lobby bar, if you will, is the Bayou, which is a Princess and the Frog kind of New Orleans themed area. They had a wedding going on, which was in the Grand Hall, and then the reception afterwards was in the Bayou. That was kind of cool to see. That was on the Nassau day. Um, Nightingales, it's like an adult piano bar, I think. We didn't go to that one. The Star Wars Hyperspace Lounge, you have to go to at least once, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. Really cool. You don't need reservations anymore. You used to, but you just kind of walk in and see what's available. Nobody was there when I went on the Nassau day, and it was a good, really, really good time. On the other sides, they have like restrooms throughout as well. You can get to the outside and look at the ocean as well. But the Walt Disney Theater is at the other end of this deck three with preludes on other on either side. Preludes is kind of like a, a popcorn 
stand, drink stand with different sippers. So if you're looking for, if you're a popcorn bucket person like myself or a sipper collector, that's where you're going to go. You're going to check out these little stands outside the theater. And we got the Minnie Mouse dressed as uh, Winifred Sanderson. And it was really cool. It lights up, glows up. It's really cool. Um, they had the Mickey skeleton bucket as well. And I know they're also getting the Christmas ones as well, like the Mickey Nutcracker and that gold tin that's like a music box. I'm hoping we can get that tomorrow at Jollywood Nights, but we'll see. Um, so the cruise line does get a lot of those really hard to find popcorn buckets. On the deck four, there is like a convenient like split level staircase that goes up to, and you don't have to take the elevator uh, that kind of surrounds the grand hall. There's a grand staircase you can kind of get easily to floors uh, three, four, and five from. The Walt Disney Theater balcony is on deck four. The Wonderland Cinema and Neverland Cinema. I believe we watched um, Indiana Jones and the Neverland Cinema. So that's like movie theaters and such. In the center, they have Luna Libations and Luna. So, you know, like trivia and things like that are taking place there. On to the other end, you can oversee the, the Grand Hall because of the staircase. The Bippity, no, the Bibbity, not Bippity. The Bibbity Boppity, dang, I've been saying this wrong my whole life, I think. The Bibbity Bobbity Boutique, dang, I thought it was Bippity Boppity. Whew, I've been saying it wrong for quite some time, and that's embarrassing. But it's the Bibbity Bobbity Boutique. So. If you're familiar with it, they do have it at Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. It's just much more pricey on the ship. It's like three or four times more, but the availability is more limited, so it makes sense. Um, but if your princess or prince wants to get a little makeover, get some pixie dust spread on their head, and get dressed up and buy a dress or you know some fancy clothes, you can do that there. You do have to make reservations. Uh, right next to it is Hooks Barbary. They do have like whiskey tasting classes you can sign up for in that place. I saw them setting that up one time. They have Untangled Salon, so you can go get your haircut as well. Uh, but if you want to get a beard trim or, you know, a haircut for the guys, Hooks Barbary is the place. They have the Wishing Star Cafe right there in the middle. Didn't really look at that. But... On the other end of the ship, and you'll notice, they're kind of stacked. So, 1923, Worlds of Marvel, and Arendelle are all stacked on top of each other. And I was wondering if they share, like, an elevator system or a staircase or something for, like, a shared pantry or ovens or exhaust or whatever. I think they probably do. But that's deck four, Worlds of Marvel. So, let's start there. I'm going to start that in. Arendelle is above Worlds of Marvel. And you can check out these deck plans at Disney Cruise Line. They have Edge. I'm not really sure what Edge is. Oh, Edge is like the tween area. Like, if you have older kids, it's kind of like the kids club for older kids. I didn't experience that, but that's what that is. And I've heard really cool things about that. Um, Mickey's Main Sale, I believe that's the main retail shop. Very narrow and it gets a little crowded, so pick your spot. I think it has to be I think it has to be at sea for it to be open to avoid the like sales tax and all the complications with that. So there's that. The Enchanted Sword Cafe is in the center. 
I think that's like a coffee bar thing like that. Um, Shutters is their photo studio, portrait studio. That's right over there as well. They have a DVC booth if you're interested in that. Art on demand. They have like a kiosk where you can purchase art, which is really cool looking. Again, you can oversee the Grand Hall. They have the Luna Balcony, so the Luna Theater. This is where the trivia was or the game shows are. We sat in the balcony. That was kind of cool. Like if you're an introvert like myself, you can just kind of sit up there and hang out. The Triton Lounge, we did trivia in there. Keg and Compass, we did a pub crawl over there. It's kind of like your traditional Irish pub. Really good. And if you order the tater tots, they're going to give you a whole bag of tater tots. So just be prepared for that. Me and my wife ordered it, and it was a whole bag of tater tots. We did not come close to eating it, but it was only like 9 or $10. So it was something ridiculous. But, uh, but yeah. They have the Senses Spa and the Fitness Center. And, yeah, that's a pretty big area on Deck 5. Senses. On to Deck 6, which is where we stayed. A lot of rooms on this one. A lot of state rooms here. That might be all there is. The elevators are kind of in the center. There are staircases. And in a lot of cases, the stairs are going to be your quickest option. Especially if you're only going like a floor or two. Yeah, those are mostly just staterooms and elevators and stairs. Utilize those stairs when you can. And kind of walk off some of those calories when you're eating. Deck 7 is basically just staterooms again. Making sure I don't miss anything. I don't want to give the wrong info. And again, you can check these out as well. Deck 8 should also be staterooms. I think once we get to deck 10 or 11, that's when it kind of... Deck 8, they do have the Fairy Tale Fresh Laundry. So if you want some laundry done, you can go there as well, which is a nice touch, especially on those longer ones. All right, Deck 9, we're moving on up. More staterooms, I'm guessing. It's a huge ship. Deck 10, this might be the last stateroom area, and then we get some action. Yeah, so just a lot of staterooms there. A lot of guests can be accommodated on this. Deck 11. This is where the party's going on. Marceline Market's up there. That's the buffet. Inside Out Joyful Sweets. It's a um, place where you can get some sweets and some gelato for an extra charge. Not very expensive, though. Dory's uh, Forget-Me-Nots. That's a gift shop. They have all the pools out there on the main deck. Um, yeah, a lot of it. Funnel Vision. They have movies playing out there all the time. Really cool to see. Beverage stations as well. They have bars. They have Mickey and Minnie's ice cream. This is kind of like the Chipotle areas I was telling you about. They have Donald's Cantina, Daisy's Pizza Pies, Goofy's Grill, and Mickey's Smokestack Barbecue. It's called the Festival of Foods. That's what I was talking about. And you can go through as many times as you want, and it was really good. Deck 12. Deck 11 and 12 is kind of where the sail away parties happen. But Deck 12 has the Concierge Lounge. So if you upgrade to Concierge concierge level. The Toy Story Splash Zone. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Trixie's Falls is like a little kiddie pool, if you will, with like a waterfall. The Slidosaurus Rex, the one I couldn't get down. If you want to listen to the previous episode, that was more of a workout. I had to push myself down that whole slide. And then they have Wheezy's Freezies from Toy Story. It's like a frozen concoction bar a couple more smaller pools up there on deck 12 as well um 
Vibe is there as well. I believe that is a club. The Hideaway, The Rose. I think that's The Rose is themed after Beauty and the Beast. Hero Zone, we did go to as well. Um, it's like an obstacle course on certain days and certain times. It's really cool. It's an incredible theme. They have a lot of ping pong tables and foosball tables up there. Really a big space if you want to get your um, your fix there. And I think the basketball court is inside there as well. On some ships, it's outside. All right, Enchanté by Chef Arnaud Lalomain. Something like that is on Deck 12 as well. And Palo Steakhouse is at the back of Deck 12. You do need reservations for those. All right, Deck 13, Cove Cafe. That's where the Pappy Van Winkle was that I mentioned in a previous episode. That's the early morning coffee bar too. So you're going to have to make a trek up to Deck 13. There's a Quiet Cove pool for adults only. Currents bar right next to that. The upstairs for the Hero Zone. The Aqua Mouse entrance is there as well. That's the slide that goes around the entire ship. The Wish Tower Suite. That's for rich people. That's kind of cool. That's in one of the funnels. Uh, the Aurora Royal Suite, the Briar Rose Royal Suite, and then there's a Chippendales pool. Not the dancers, but the cartoon. And I think that's it on deck 14. Sun deck for adults only. And on to the final one, deck 15. I haven't seen Remy yet. Is Remy on deck 15? The Wish Tower Suite continued. There's really nothing. That's probably where they navigate the ship and things like that. I'm not sure. Oh, Remy's not on this ship. That's why. I didn't see it. But that's the deck plan of the Disney Wish. They're all set up similarly in that they have three restaurants and then some you know, additional charge ones, uh, premium experiences as well. But they're all kind of set up the same. Some decks are different than others. Some are better than others, depending on the ship. The Disney Wish and Disney Treasure sound like they're going to be the same. Um except some experiences might change. Like they're going to have a cocoa restaurant on treasure. And in a future episode, I want to have, you know, what I'm looking most forward to with the Disney treasure cruise ship. They also are going to have a haunted mansion bar replacing that star Wars hyperspace lounge as well, which is really what I want to see. Um, and I wish they do more themed things like that, especially at the resorts too. Like I'm here for a haunted mansion and a, um, tower of terror themed resort as well as Star Wars. Um, while I'm on that note, Disney recently closed the Star Cruiser, which was a huge flop, honestly. And it's probably because of the price point. It was like a cruise where you didn't go anywhere. Um, and it was extremely expensive. It was up there with like these Disney cruise prices, and if not more so. Um, it was all included. I really hope they don't let that go to waste, and I hope they utilize it and make it into a bigger resort because I think people would pay for that experience. I think they were right there with the unique experience and the theming. But the price point was not there. And I think that's what they're going to be doing. I think they really need a Star Wars resort with exclusive access to Hollywood Studios. I think that would be um, a game changer. And I really hope that's what's going to happen. Put in one of those themed bars as well, like the Hyperspace Lounge. And that's going to be a huge money maker for sure, I think, at least. Uh, but anyways, that's it. That was the Disney Wish and the Disney Cruise Line tips from a newbie like myself. Um, if you're looking for more content from A Joel New World, you can find it at ajoelnewworld.com. 
It's simple enough. Um, you can find my YouTube channel as well. I haven't uploaded my Wish video yet, but I need to. I, um, I just have to get it. I haven't had time basically recording podcast and working, but I promise to get it up there. And I do have a video of Pelican Plunge going off of that slide into the ocean. So I want to get that up soon. I do have the podcast here. Make sure to like and subscribe. That way you are um, notified when a new episode comes up. It just kind of shows up for you, which is great. I'm basically anywhere you listen to podcasts, obviously, because you're listening now. And go to my TeePublic page. TeePublic's really cool. You can submit these designs. I have my own storefront there. Just type in a Joel New World and you can get to all of my designs. I have a lot of Disney ones, little pop culture. Um, I'm a huge Office fan. I have some of those. Some Loki shirts as well. Um, I have a lot of designs out there for t-shirt designs. And if you're not looking to spend too much money, you can buy some stickers or magnets as well of these same designs. So just go to tpublic.com or redbubble.com. I just kind of started venturing into Redbubble too to kind of get my designs out there. And, um, and yeah, I'm having a lot of fun being a graphic designer, if you will, on the fly. And I've got some really cool creative designs. Go out there, redbubble.com, look for a Joel New World. And the same for TeePublic, a Joel New World. That's where you're going to find my storefront. Thank you all for your support and your listens. Um, I hope to continue to create more content and these sales are definitely going to help me to do that and to talk about these experiences and to film these experiences as I do them. But anyways, tomorrow is Jollywood Nights. I hope to have a trip report for you guys shortly. And until then, remember, never let anyone sign your checks. Play me off, Kevin. Kevin.